This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Welcome to The Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southard Church, and I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And before we get into it today, I just want to make sure that if you have not liked or subscribed to this content, make sure you do so, so that way you don't miss out on anything new. Um, but this week, we are in week two of our series, Heels, Hills to Die On, um, which is where we're going through seven non-negotiables that our movement, the Church of God, has and this week's topic was that we're people of the word. Yeah. Um, Pastor Scott, briefly explain to us what we mean by that. Um, whenever we say that we are people of the word, what we mean is that we believe and stand on the fact that the Holy Bible is far more than just historical docu- documents, more than letters that were written. And all of that that I believe is historically accurate about it. Um, and I would argue to I'm blue in the face the, the authenticity of said documents, the historicity of them, mm-hmm. the archaeology that backs all. I would argue all of that, like the rational, reasonable side of it. But mm-hmm. unashamedly, the other side of that is we believe that it is far more than that, that it is a book like no other book, that it is in um, written form, the very words of God, which is why I was in Psalm 119 mm-hmm. on Sunday. I didn't get into this on Sunday because sometimes p- people can be a little squirrely whenever you, you start saying stuff like this without having 20 minutes to, like, break it down. But, like, Psalm 119 is not about the Bible. It's about, at that time, it would have been really, like, what was written down of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, some of the Old Testament, as well as just God's spoken word and statutes. It, it would have been mainly talking most likely about the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. the first five books of the Bible. But when he, when he's talking about God's Word, like you can take that and push it into the future and go, mm-hmm. all right, now this applies to everything. Like I, yeah. uh, all of the things that God has said and has been recorded for us, like even so the immediate context of 119 doesn't have, you know, the New Testament mm-hmm. writings in mind at that moment, but it definitely applies to them. Mm-hmm. as well. So like without a shadow of a doubt, we believe that the Bible, all of it, is um, the absolute Word of God. Mm-hmm. And now, um, one of the things that we got into on Sunday, and I, this just came to my mind, I thought this would be really good to share, since I didn't know what I was going to share before this. Yeah. Um, someone had asked, or someone messaged me and said, you know, I felt really convicted during your sermon because you were saying like how we should like everything in the Bible, like we should get something out of it, like how we shouldn't just mail it in on a day, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, if I'm reading, I want to read to win. And she was like, you know, but sometimes like like me and my women's group, we're going through this thing right now, we're reading it, and so there's sometimes in the Old Testament that we just don't really understand what we're supposed to get out of it mm-hmm. and all this. And I was able to, to, to tell her, I said, okay, I believe every single thing. The Bible that we have is the Bible that God intended for us to have. It is his word. Mm-hmm. for us without a shadow of a doubt. With that being said, I also hold the conviction that even though I believe all of the Bible to be equally inspired, I do not find the Bible to be equally applicable. Yeah. Meaning there are things that just are more applicable to our lives than others in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Can it help you 
to understand the dimensions of the temple that are laid out in multiple places in the Old Testament. Yeah, is that going to change your life in a way like, man, I'll never be the same now that I understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not. Not mm-hmm. in the same way as like when Jesus goes, love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. way more applicable than right. understanding this back here. Yeah. Does this back here have a purpose? And if you were to fully understand what was going on in the building of the temple and all mm-hmm. that, would that enrich your, your life? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. But is it applicable in the same way as like, you know, doing to others as you would have them do unto you? Right. Uh, probably not. Right. Right. And so I was letting her know. I was like, no, no, no. It's when I say that you need to read to win. Yeah, there's going to be some days, honestly. And I have these days. Mm-hmm. You go read the Bible and you go, huh, I, I'm not I'm not really sure what I got out of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what I was supposed to. And now, if, it, if that's because you speed through it mm-hmm. and, like, don't spend time, like, that's my problem sometimes. Okay, that, there's an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're genuinely, like, seeking the Lord, you're reading mm-hmm. it, you find you a study material or something to go with it, yeah. and still you go, I'm not really certain how this is going to affect my life mm-hmm. today. Just the discipline of showing up and spending time with God yeah. will do so much for yeah. you in the long run. And you don't ever know, because the, you know, the Scriptures even tell us that God's Word is alive and active. Mm-hmm. You don't know that the seed that was planted maybe today that felt like nothing was happening, yeah. three years down the road, you might be in a situation yeah. where, boom, it all comes together. So yep. I'm not saying reading reading to win, which mm-hmm. was, was the thing she was getting at, mm-hmm. is like an immediate thing. I'm saying you're reading with the purpose, though, of hiding God's word in your mm-hmm. heart so that way when the time yeah. comes, you are ready to fight. Yeah. like th- that, And that that's... Um, that's what I wanted to make sure she knew, though. But the whole idea that all of the Bible, including the genealogies, because right. even the way that the genealogies were written, they were written in in, in a purposeful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even some of the stuff like, okay, we get to the book of Numbers, and there's a reason why it's called the book of Numbers. Yeah. It really is a book of Numbers, yeah. for, largely. And you go, what was all that about? Yeah. Why, did, why did we have to read through all these laws that no longer mm-hmm. apply? Yes, some of that is going to be very dry reading for mm-hmm. you. But you don't know what might happen years down the road when you, or if you get the proper study materials, how that can begin to come alive to you. Right. In that, so yeah. so equally inspired, not necessarily equally applicable in the same way. Yeah. But I still think that you should read all of the mm-hmm. Bible, right? Yeah. I know you know some New Testament Christians, right? They right. only read the New Testament. Yeah. And it's like oh, um, you're robbing yourself so much. Like, right. I, I, I actually tend to like to be in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like this, this coming week, we're supposed to be in a New Testament text, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to preach it from an Old Testament text. Mm-hmm. Um, I like preaching from the Old Testament just because a lot of people are very unfamiliar with it, and yeah. so it uh, sometimes feels a little bit more fresh to people just because yeah. like they've not had a pastor or them personally have not felt comfortable right. going there. And, I like, if you don't read the whole Bible, mm-hmm. you know, if you only yeah. just pick and choose certain things, it's okay if that's where you start out at. Right. But, like, at some point you got to, like, go deeper because the Old Testament is awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, like, I had this conversation actually with my aunt. Like, I've shared before a lot of my, that side of my family is Catholic. And so my aunt sent me a question this past week. Um, actually, it was on Monday, I think. Yeah, it was Monday. Because I'd gone to the gym kind of late, 
once some snow had cleared, but I'm there and she sent me a message with a number text asking me, asking me a question. She was like, you know, and as you know, like we didn't do a whole lot of like study in the Bible in mm-hmm. my days growing up. She was like, I, I never really liked the Old Testament. She was like, I really enjoyed the New Testament, especially Luke, which was funny because I was like, oh, we're doing this study on Luke. But anyway, um, I just was able to share with her, like my text back was super long, but it started a conversation where she was like, oh, I didn't see it like that. I didn't think of it like that. That makes a lot more sense. That helps me understand like where my husband's family comes from. That make, helps me understand this. And like, um, it was just so cool. But I I think like equally um, your, your stance of it's not all applicable necessarily like also has to do with age like there are certain stories and things that we're not going to necessarily teach to young kids because it doesn't it's not going to help them in that moment they're not going to understand it they don't get it like they don't need to know about affairs and things like that and killing people for it like with david and mishiba necessarily but like um but there are other things that are plenty applicable that are more important to share in those seasons and those moments but i remember going through the old testament like stuff about how what the priests had to go through to mm-hmm. be um, anointed as priest and like ordained as priest and like yeah. all of that. And it happened to be at the same time that I was going through the ordination process. Yeah. And I think I even sent a message to staff and I was like, listen, I'm okay with whatever questions they ask me and whatever they want to do in mm-hmm. those sessions with them, with the committee, because I'm not getting blood splattered on me. Yeah. I'm not having to do all this stuff. It was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it made me see what Jesus did and all of that, like what people used to have to go through and everything like, and just such a new light in that moment than what it ever had been before. Yeah. And I think though, like had I not been going through that, it wouldn't have mattered as much to me in that moment and in that season. So um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, You shared some statistics at the very beginning about how um, when people engage deeply with the Bible, their lives and relationships are better in in essence they flourish and then but like we're in a season where fewer people in america are engaging with the bible yeah their their reading of scripture is declining Mm -hmm. and um then you said how there are signs of hope that the movable middle has rebounded and bible disengagement has fallen in the past year um how should these things really come into play in our lives especially if we say that we're a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's really interesting to me that almost 7 out of 10 Americans admitted that they thought that the country was in moral decline. Mm-hmm. 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, if you were to base how you thought Americans felt about the current moral state of our country based on who's loudest, Mm-hmm. you would probably think that that number would be inverted. But to find out, seven out of ten people find there to be a moral decay happening in our country is mm-hmm. pretty pretty remarkable. But then to see that that is happening simultaneous to less people mm-hmm. reading the Bible seems almost so obvious whenever we have all these people clamoring for how awful things are. Yeah. And they go, I don't know what, what the answer is. What should we do? Like, how do we fix it? And he goes, I mean, that to me, there's a clear correlation there between, mm-hmm. hey, there was this thing that used to be pretty popular here in our country, 
and the less popular it gets, the more you say that there's a moral decline. Mm -hmm. I wonder why that might be, right? Yeah. Like, it's like we took prayer and Bible reading out of public schools, mm -hmm. and then we see, okay, we just continue to slide. Less and mm -hmm. less people read the Bible, more moral decay, more moral apathy and all of this stuff, and everyone's going, I just can't mm -hmm. understand why this is happening. Because, I mean, you really can't put two and two together. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, like, even if you don't want to go all the way into the faith culture, like you're not ready to say Jesus is Lord and all this stuff, mm -hmm. there is no way in the history of the world you could look at, the, at what mm -hmm. the Bible tries to teach. Not the stories that are descriptive. I'm saying at the things that are prescriptive in the Bible, there's no way anyone mm -hmm. looks at those and goes, yeah, those aren't wise to follow. Right. What's, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, studies just bear it out. Like, the the family as described in the scriptures mm -hmm. creates healthy societies. Mm -hmm. It just does. And the more that families are under attack in our country, the more that's, you know, the more that there will be moral decay in all sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. The more we get away from the teachings of the Bible, whether you're a Christian or not, we know that the Judeo-Christian worldview has brought stability mm -hmm. and well-being to most of the world. And now we're wanting to reverse all that, but simultaneously to complaining that everything keeps getting worse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's very bizarre um, to, to see people yeah. like have that view. And like what you were sharing with the, the first thing that they found though is that people that engage deeply with the Bible experience higher amounts of flourishing. Mm -hmm. This is like everyone's goal in life. Yeah. Everyone wants higher levels of human flourishing, mm -hmm. whether you're a Christian or not. And he goes, well, this is one thing that seems to make a difference. Like, it is one, like we, we are overran in our country right now. More general practitioners mm -hmm. prescribe anxiety and depression medication. You used to have to go to a specialist for yeah. that. And now your GPs are doing it because there's such an epidemic mm -hmm. of feeling, uh, feelings of worthlessness and loneliness and all of this. Mm -hmm. and, we, and, and reading the Bible has been found to give people more hope, more meaning, more purpose. And we go, oh, I just don't know what's wrong with the country, mm -hmm. with the world. This is it right here. The, th the very things that made the, the world what it was at one point. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, that even the history of America isn't like, you know, don't have its like um, bad moments and stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying like, if you look at the general trajectory of things, yeah. how they've been when the Judeo-Christian worldview has been the dominant view in an area, mm -hmm. that leads to flourishing. Mm -hmm. That leads to healthy families. Healthy families lead to healthy communities. Healthy communities lead to healthy counties. Healthy counties lead to healthy states. Yeah. Healthy states to healthy countries. Yeah. And it all starts with, like, with the Judeo-Christian worldview mm -hmm. of morality, family, and all of this stuff. And mm -hmm. so it's very interesting to me that 7 out of 10 uh, Americans think that the moral culture of America is declining, mm -hmm. yet less people read the Bible, although we did, the, the third thing that was found, there is a movable middle, mm -hmm. these people that they're not disengaged um, mm -hmm. from the Bible, but they're not fully engaged, Right. that the previous like three years they had seen a dip in that mm -hmm. more people from the movable middle disengaging mm -hmm. last year there was less people disengaging and more people holding strong there in yeah. the movable middle which means that if we can get this message out to people yeah that goes listen this is something that's actually a, a net positive for mm -hmm. everyone if we could get people reading the bible 
Yeah. And this would be a net positive for your community mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Like tell, like have a conversation with someone that is not a Christian, not a church person whatsoever and go, hey, did you know people that read the Bible, da 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 I wonder, like to me, I feel like that's, some, that's a conversation a lot of people would love to have. Yeah. Hey, did you know that the Bible actually speaks into these things? And people that yeah. that follow these teachings, they have higher levels of like. And this isn't just mm-hmm. Christian opinion. Like this no. is research that's been done yeah. on thousands of people to find out that yeah, that reading the Bible ends up being a net positive in your life as well as the mm-hmm. lives of people around you, and can affect your community as a whole mm-hmm. in a good way. And so this, the research that was found, is very, very telling. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't know when it's that obvious. And people try to duck it. You go like, it mm-hmm. looks ridiculous, yeah. like for us to go, because there are people. There's not a, not a lot the studies mm-hmm. show, but there are people that think that to get away from the Bible and all of Judeo Christian worldview altogether would would lead to a healthier society. Mm-hmm. But it's like I, like you don't see like seven out of ten say mm-hmm. we're we're on the decline. The more that we do that, but you your your fix for that is well, let's just go all the way and see what mm-hmm. happens. That, it, yeah. that it's just doesn't seem like a very smart idea to me. No, it doesn't. My um, my cousin, and he is not a believer, um, but he even said, like, our grandmother, um, she would say that the, the Bible has the, the answer to anything that you have, mm-hmm. like any problem that you have in life, any, any guidance that you need, any advice that you need, you can find it in the Scripture, in the Bible, um, in the Word of God. And she would say, if you don't find what you're looking for, then you're reading it wrong. Mm-hmm. That was that was her thing. And I, I thought it was beautiful because even though my cousin um, does not follow God, um, he wrote that in the eulogy to our grandmother mm-hmm. at our funeral. And he still goes to Scripture at times. Um, he's a lawyer now, but he still goes to Scripture at times when he needs those things. And I think that's... Yeah. Um, super cool to to see that and bring that out because and even when I was in Ecuador um the the man who was leading our group around Mario he shared that like that's how he actually came to know God was just by reading scripture he he had gotten to a place in his life where he's like everything I've tried isn't working and somebody you knew said hey why don't you read this? If every if you tried everything else, why don't you just take this and read it? He gave him a Bible. He said, I don't want you to change anything else. Just read this. He read it for two years. Yeah. And then, but over that two-year period of time, he began to see a change in his life, yeah. like a change in the way that he treated his wife and his kids. And then they ended up going to church. And it's just, it's one of those things that it was like hearing his story just affirms that so much more for me. Yeah, I know that, non-believers that want yeah. to raise their kids in church. I know non-believers that put their kids in Christian, Christian schools, schools. Mm-hmm. because they they know at least the moral foundation is going to serve mm-hmm. their family yeah. the best. Absolutely. The Judeo-Christian worldview of morality and of the family, of mm-hmm. marriage, of parenting, of mm-hmm. it is a life that leads to flourishing. Mm-hmm. And as I said Sunday, there's not one single thing in there that is actually taught mm-hmm. and meant to be prescriptive for your life that will lead you into right. destruction whatsoever. Yeah. There's nothing in there yeah. at all. There's not one thing that, that you go, all right, if you follow the Lord in this, oh, man, you're going to mess your kids up for life. No, that's that's not the case whatsoever. Right. There's nothing like that in there. So 
it doesn't even have the risk of that. So you right. go, why would you not? Yeah. Even if you choose not to, you okay, you don't want to follow Jesus, at least understand that his, um, the, you know, his words that have inspired literally billions of people are at least a solid way to live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you say that we prepare to win, box choosers, box checkers lose every time. Yeah. Um, what are some things that like really, cause we, we talked about, you talked a little bit about how like most people will say they don't have time. They say yep. that, you know, you know, they just don't have the ability to do it. Um, what are some things that can help us to really prepare us to win in the way that we can begin to set this as a, a habit um, to implement in our lives to actually be people of the word? Yeah, you you have to engage in spiritual disciplines for the goal of transformation and not for some sort of religious activity. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I, I, there are people that will read their Bible and pray religiously. Mm-hmm. And if you ever met them, you would be able to tell pretty easily yeah. it's not doing anything for you, like, whatsoever. Like, you're not reading that so the way it changes you. You're reading that because someone somewhere told you you're a mm-hmm. Christian, read your Bible. Yeah. And it never got to, I don't do this because I have to. I do this because I want to. Mm-hmm. And the difference between have to and want to when it comes to your faith journey changes everything. Yeah. When you finally want to because you know that it really is life and mm-hmm. death, when you really do understand that, like, it's God breathing into mm-hmm. your life to sustain you, to change you, all of these things, mm-hmm. then, it, then it goes from this, like, dry, dead activity mm-hmm which is what a lot of the religious leaders of Jesus' day were engaged in. They were engaged in all these religious practices mm-hmm. that they were told that they had to do, but because they had to do it, they didn't want to do it, it did right. nothing for them yeah. whatsoever. It didn't change them at all. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, that's the difference. If mm-hmm. you want to win spiritually, your spiritual disciplines have to come from a want to, not a have to. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, there's been times in my walk with the Lord where I did not have the want to, mm-hmm. and I just did. I didn't even force it in those moments mm-hmm. because I knew. Listen, that's not even. It's not mm-hmm. going to do me any good mm-hmm. if I'm in this like have to, have to, have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, just like any habit, everything starts out as duty until it becomes desire. Yeah. Uh, like, like when duty finally becomes desire, it's because you've now put in the discipline mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm not saying okay you might go start reading today and you're like gosh i didn't really want to do that but mm-hmm. i'm saying there has to be an overall trajectory that yeah. eventually duty yeah. turns into discipline which turns into desire mm-hmm. like, and this happens with everything the first yeah. the first two weeks of a diet no one wants to do that yeah. it is duty and mm-hmm. eventually you go oh you know what i feel better when i do this it fulfills mm-hmm. my life when i do the same thing with going to the gym mm-hmm. that first two three weeks you're like gosh i really don't want to do this and then after a while, you're like, you know what? I don't know that I can survive without this. Mm-hmm. This is my outlet. This is right. the thing that keeps me going and all these different yeah. Like, we know this to be true in every area of life. Mm-hmm. And so it might start out as, yep, I'm checking a box. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up, God. But you do it long enough, and eventually yeah. it captures your heart. And then 
you're no longer reading to check a box or praying right. to check a box. You're reading because you actually want to yeah. win spiritually. That's good. Um, I will say that um, a lot of that is also in um, if you're looking at ways to help you create better habits and things like that, The Power to Change by Craig Rochelle is a great resource. Um, I just finished it not long ago, and um, he talks about a lot of different things like training instead of trying, um, how to focus on who more than do, um, and all these other various things that will help you create better habits in doing these kinds of things. But um, that's all for this week. Next week, we will um, be right back here with another extra point where we dive deeper and give you practical next steps for your faith journey. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.